And so uh, now he's given his life to Christ and is going around and sharing. And, and uh, it's impacting uh, the schools in California as well in Mexico, the youth and the young adults in, in Mexico. And, and throughout, the, uh, he's, he's been, I think, even over, over in New Jersey and some other places sharing the message. So hopefully you all can make it out. It's a free event. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you plan on, on, on bringing somebody. We'll have uh, handouts that'll look like that, hopefully by next Sunday, uh, so you can take with you and invite somebody. Uh, and so, and then I talked to Mike Rios. They're actually going to put them on the, at the fireworks stands and pass them out. So that's pretty cool. And, and we're actually going to have some posters and stuff up. So uh, just pray for the event because it's an opportunity for the gospel to be shared. And uh, that's really what we want, you know, and, and as we talk about this message today, it's going to kind of tie into that. Okay, I am Pastor Mike, I'm not Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe is, is in a vehicle on his way back from Guanajuato right now, or from Itapato. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Hector. He just got done seeing uh, Pastor Oscar and Liz, our missionaries there, but they were doing the uh, dropping off shoe boxes and if y'all have them on Facebook, you probably saw some of the videos and stuff that, uh, of the work that was being done. But pray for them because they're having problems with the rear differential on the truck. So they get to drive for about two, three hours, and then they have to let it cool off. So a 10-hour, 12-hour drive ends up being a 16, 17-hour trip. And so, uh, and I'm sure he's ready to get home and, and, and get ready for Christmas. So he will be here Tuesday teaching for Christmas Eve at 7 o'clock. So I always, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a great time of fellowship, a great time to come in and worship God, hear the word of God, and then just have a great time of fellowship. And God knows we, we really need more sweets so, uh, in our lives, so more hot cocoa. And it's, it's you know, we haven't started the, lo the weight loss thing yet until after. So uh, if you want to come and, 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 you know, have some hot cocoa and and cookies, and just have a time of fellowship. The kids, I mean, it's a blessing to have. Uh, we have the kids in the in the sanctuary. It's really cool because uh, they get to receive the word as well as, they, as they're taught over there too. So, uh, I am going to be in the book of John, chapter one, verse fourteen. John chapter one, verse fourteen. So, if you want to go ahead and turn on your Bible or open your Bible, uh, and go ahead and stand with me as we read and we talk about Jesus Christ, the only gift that we need. John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for, for this day. We do pray for Joe, pray for his trip back, for Chewy and, and just the group that went down. We ask that you get them through all the checkpoints and the over the border as quickly as possible so that way they can get home and uh, have this time of uh, being uh, with family, Lord. And so we, um, we pray for him. We pray for Oscar and Liz, who are all their grandkids are here, and their family's here. So they're definitely going to be missing family during the holidays as, uh, as many. There are probably many here that, that uh, are either on their way to go see family or maybe family's on their way to come see them. We pray that you would bless that time. And uh, at the same time, Lord, we come before you wanting to hear your word. Uh, we're asking for application to apply in our lives, Lord, but we're also asking, Lord, for, uh, for you to do the work that you need to do in each one of us. 
And uh, I just thank you so much for, for, for this day. I thank you for each person here. Pray for their marriages and their families. And we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. So I entitled this, Christ, the only gift we need. Christ, the only gift we need. We'll look at it in three parts. We'll look at uh, the Word became flesh, a Savior is born. Uh, part two, dwelt among us, a Savior from the cradle to the cross. And part three will be glory, a Savior full of grace and truth. It was actually uh, about 11 years ago that I actually uh, showed up at the movie theater in 2008, not knowing Jesus Christ. Uh, my wife had 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 enough of me and my mess and just left right before, I think, right after Thanksgiving. And so we started coming to church because her sister came to the church. I only came to church because she was coming to the church because I was trying to get things fixed and figured if the, the more I go to church, she'll... She'll go ahead and come on back home. Christmas time came, and, and, uh, and she did make it back home for Christmas. You know, I sat in here in service uh, with Joe teaching, and I can remember thinking to myself that uh, I always thought that Jesus was just, he just came on the scene 2,000 years ago. I didn't know that he had always, exist, always existed. You know, I, I, I didn't understand that. Um, and I can just remember, you know, the word being taught and just having that knocking on my heart and, and walked out of church and, and, you know, we, we, uh, you know, realized at the end of the day that, um, that, that everything was good for Christmas, right? Isn't it funny? You know what the number one network is during the holidays? The Hallmark Channel. From November to December, the number one channel is the Hallmark Channel. Why? We want to live in that fantasy, don't we? Like you're going to find your soulmate. Like, like your marriage is a train wreck, but it's going to get fixed during the holidays. Your kids are driving you crazy, but it'll all work out during the holidays. We'll all come back together, right? That, that, that miracle that you were sick and now there's this miracle that you're not. And we live in that fantasy thinking that we can fix all these things during Christmas. And what we end up doing is we start buying presents to try to fix the problems. And you're talking about a kid that grew up in divorce, so I understood that. I only saw my dad twice a year, so his presence was buying presents. And that's how he tried to make up for not spending time with me. My mom could, her, her whole thought of Christmas was never about Christ. It was about trying to shove as much Christmas presents under the tree and try to do more than the year before. We would split time between families, go to one party where they were drinking. I'm from Charleston, South Carolina, so there's a lot of drinking. That's what Christmas Eve is, a bunch of parties and a bunch of drinking. And then we would meet up at Midnight Mass to switch kids. And they would go into Midnight Mass toasted. And that was Christmas. And so I took that same, same 
thing thinking, well, I can fix my marriage by going to Jared's, right? Or I can, I, I can put, you know, we think that, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get my husband to start talking to me. Let me go buy that new Toyota Tundra and put a bow on it, and it'll fix everything. Or get that, that PS4 for the kids, and whatever depression they're going through, it's going to fix it. It's not. The only thing that's going to that's going to provide any kind of help for us is not the Hallmark Channel. It's, it's not, uh, I need to be careful. I don't know. I got little ones in here, so I don't want to. See, I knew more about the attributes of a Santa Claus than I did about Jesus. And we know one of them's not real. I could tell you everything about Santa Claus. Couldn't tell you anything about the attributes of God. I would love to tell you I gave my life to Jesus Christ on December when I was in here in this church. I didn't. I walked out of this church. That first Saturday, we got into a big fight. And let me tell you, Jarrett can be thrown at you. Right? You start getting mad. People get angry. I broke a laptop in half. Walked out the front door and tossed it in the yard. That's how bad our marriage was. We didn't need presence. We needed his presence in our life. And that's what I hope you get from this message. Because I'm not against presence. But when you start trying to provide presence for your absence or for your miscommunication, it's not going to fix the problem. You need Christ. And so we look at the first part here in, in John chapter 1, and, uh, verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh. So we see a Savior is born, but we need to actually go back to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And, and we need to understand who the word is. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was made in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So who is the word? Jesus. He always existed. You know, C.S. Lewis would say that, uh, that you can either prove that Jesus is, a, that, that you can look at him as a, a liar, a, a lunatic, or a Lord. But my hope is by the time we get done with the study and we look over the prophecies that have been fulfilled, over 300 prophecies fulfilled in his life, death, and resurrection. 300. Jesus always existed, fully God, fully man. But see, most cults don't want to teach you that. You look at Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons, and they'll, and they'll teach you that Jesus is just a good person, right? But Jesus didn't need a Savior. He is a Savior. And everything that we look at through the Old Testament into the New Testament points to Christ all the way to the end. If you're in the one-year Bible, we just went over it in Revelation. And so why do we believe in Jesus, and why do we believe in the Bible? That's a question that every Christian should be able to answer. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, you need to explain, be able to explain to people why you actually believe in the Bible, and you believe that Jesus is the Messiah. If you can't do that, you really need to open up your word. 
and start looking at it. I mean, if, if we look at the, the, the Bible, the Bible is, is 66 books that have been written over a 1,500-year period with 40 different writers, human writers, from various backgrounds, from tax collectors to fishermen to shepherds. We have the Bible written in three different languages, yet it all lines up and it's without error. Nothing is to be added to or taken away from. That verse we just read in John, in John chapter 1, verse 1, Jehovah Witnesses have taken, they added something to it. They put the G as a little G, not, not a big G, because they don't see Jesus as the Messiah. You need to understand the Bible, because the Bible actually tells you and gives you the answers that most of you have been asking your whole life. Why am I here? Where did I come from? What happens to me when I die? The Bible points to the Messiah. There are a number of times when we see not only the type of Christ in the Old Testament, but we also see Jesus appear in the Old Testament. That's why it says in John chapter 8, verse 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. See, I choose to believe the Bible because it's a reliable collection of historical documents written down by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. They report to us the supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies and claim that the writings are divine rather than human in nature. It is God's, God's word breathed. And we see that Jesus, the Messiah, is throughout the scripture, we we see that, it, that, that he was the invisible God. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. We see that the Lord Jesus abandoned his sovereign position to be born. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 5, 6, and 7, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count it equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Fully God, fully man. And we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, as Mary is being told by the angel, an angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called uh, the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give, it, give to him the throne of father, his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of, this, of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy Son of God. And so a lot of people get wrapped up in the, 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 the virgin birth, right? But if, if, if God created the universe, do you not think he can make this happen? You see where our thinking is? Like we try to approach it in a human thinking and we can't. It's a divine thing that's happening here. And behold, your relative Elizabeth 
This is another. In her old age, I had also conceived a son. Y'all remember Elizabeth? She's actually the, the, the mother of John the Baptist, right? Her husband couldn't stop talking, so what did the angel of the Lord do? He said, hey, stop talking. You're not going to talk till the baby's born. Now, I'm sure there's probably some spouses here that would love an angel to come do that to your husband or wife. And, and so, you know, uh, uh, amen, you, you got to go home, man. You got to go home to sometime today, bro. <laughs> I know my wife would probably like that for me. So, But, uh, but we see, you know, Elizabeth, again, she's, she's at old age, and here she is fixing to have a child. She was barren. Another miracle. And in the six months with, with her child, uh, with her was called a barren, and for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel of the Lord departed from her. Uh, some of y'all have had some hard 2019s. Like this year has been tough. And, and maybe you've gone to the doctor and you've gotten a diagnosis that you didn't want to hear. Uh, maybe there was a loss of a loved one that's, that's really just been so hard for you to, to overcome. Uh, maybe it's financial. Or, or maybe you're, you're, you're out of work and you're just trying to find a job. And, and I, I always read this verse, and, and if you can highlight this verse in your Bible for nothing will be impossible with God, you need to start asking that in 2020. Like, you're my God. Like, I, I never thought we'd get Ryan Reese here. But God brought Ryan Reese here. You know, we want to see a revival happen in San Antonio. Right? But at the end of the day, we have to understand that nothing will be impossible with God. Uh, we, and I love what Mary says, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. The first thing she does, and if you go back to Philippians, I mean, it, it tells you in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, there's three things that we're supposed to be as, as a follower of Christ. We're supposed to be humble, we're supposed to be obedient, and we're supposed to be a servant. And Mary says, I am a servant of the Lord, and let me do, let me, uh, according to your word, let, me be, let it be to me according to your word. And, and then the angel departed from her. We also see this prophecy fulfilled in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says, for, us, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to, to, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth forever, uh, forevermore, the zeal of the Lord the, of hosts will do this. And so we know that the only peace that we truly can have is the peace of Christ. In John chapter 14, verse 27, it says, Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, peace has been, we've been trying to have peace. We, th we thought the Great War was going to end everything, right? And then what did we do? Let's have World War II. Then we thought World War II was going to fix everything, and then we had the Korean War. 
Well, the Korean War, we'll have peace, and we have Vietnam. So the reason why I say that is I could let you pick whoever you wanted for president. For the Senate, I'll let you have every Senate seat and let you pick them. I'll let you have every congressman or congresswoman and let you pick them, and you still won't have peace. The only peace that you can have is in Christ. That's it. You won't find peace in this world. Stop looking for it. We always are looking for some way to have peace and, 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 and to have that moment of just like, okay, it's not going to happen. You can only find peace in Christ. And we see again in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, another prophecy fulfilled. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then we see the birth of Christ and all these prophecies being fulfilled. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it says, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Canarius was the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went uh, from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, uh, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were, uh, and while they were there, the time came uh, for her to give birth, and she gave birth uh, to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And that verse we all know very familiar, right? But if you look at those prophecies that were fulfilled in Isaiah, I mean, there were three hundred prophecies that were fulfilled, three hundred. And, and uh, I, I can remember Warren Worsby saying that there's a way that you could explain it is the chance of 300 prophecies happening are like, he goes, basically you could fill the whole state of Texas with silver coins up to your knees. And I'm going to leave you in New Mexico. I'm going to leave you in Louisiana. I'm going to leave you over in Arkansas or Oklahoma or Mexico, I'm going to come get you, put a blindfold on you, let you go from Dallas to Houston, Corpus, or El Paso, or Del Rio, or Fort Worth, or Wichita Falls, and you stick your hand blindly in there and pick that one up that I mark with red. That's the chance of a prophecy being answered of 300 prophecies. And, and you can't tell me that, that, that you can't believe the Bible. That's, that, that's what puzzles me. It's like when, when people are like, I don't know if I can trust it. No, what you don't know if is, is if you want to give up your sin. That's what you don't trust. How am I going to act without my sin? The word of God is inerrant. It's without error. And so we can trust that a Savior was born. We can trust that those prophecies were fulfilled. And we see in part two, it says, dwelt among us a Savior 
from the cradle to the cross, and, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we'll pick it up in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 38. One quick thing there, we see that the, uh, the baby's born in a manger, filthy, dirty, anybody who's ever had animals, horses, or cows, or, man, a manger is a dirty place, especially if you don't change out the, the give it fresh hay. You got to clean that thing out constantly. And here Jesus is. But see, this goes back to something that Tim, Timothy Keller talks about, and he talks about kingdom economics. See, when we look at worldly economics, it's from the top to the bottom. The, the, the people who have the most are the better off, and the people who have the least are, are hurting, right? But in, in kingdom economics, this is what happens. You're born in a manger. You're the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You're born in a manger. Who are we going to go tell that, that, that Jesus was born? We're going to go tell the shepherds. The shepherds couldn't even testify in court because they were considered liars. Not just one of them, all of them. So if you decide, hey, I'm going to be a shepherd, well, you're a liar. And not only that, you weren't allowed in the temple because you're unclean. And this is who the word goes out to. In Luke chapter 2, and it says in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keep, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring uh, you news of great joy that will be uh, for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly uh, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom, with whom he is pleased. And so what we see is, is we see uh, uh, if you're looking for application today, look at verse 10. And the angel said uh, to them, Fear not, for behold... I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. What's your application today? You have the good news for all people. And it should bring you great joy and you should share it with others. That's a simple application, right? You know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do today with today's word. Go share the gospel, right? Go share the gospel. It's that simple. And it's for all people. And I love it. It picks up in verse 15. It says, When the angel, angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. And this is just a sidebar here. Some of y'all, and these are shepherds, man. These were people that couldn't even go in the temple. But yet, what are they doing? They're being obedient to the Lord. They're, angel told us we're going. But not only that, they do it in haste. Some of you have been given something to do from God, and you are playing around with it. And what I mean by that is God's calling you to go do something, and yet you're, you're not moving in haste. Pastor Joe says we, we get the answer, the famous answer, well, I'm praying over it. You've been praying over it for three or four years. How about move with haste? How about take a step of faith and do it? 
That's a sidebar. I read that today, and I was like, wow. And, they, and, and found Mary and Joseph in the baby line in the manger. So plenty of babies in Bethlehem, right? This is the only one in a manger. So they knew what they were looking for. And when they saw it, they made known uh, the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard wondered at the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Second application. Keep that verse up there. When's the last time you left church? glorifying and praising God for all you've heard. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Guess what? When you open your Bible, right, you should be glorifying and praising God for what you've read and sharing it with others. It, it's... It, it's not rocket science. You know, it's, it's like we, we, we have to get to a place where we, uh, as Christians, you know, one of the things I told first service is like we keep telling people we'll fight over on Facebook and Instagram and all that mess. Oh, keep, keep Christ in Christmas. Right? Oh, you got to keep Christ in Christmas. And you're over there throwing comments up and doing all this. How about keep Christ in a Christian? Right? How about that be your goal for 2020? Stop drifting away. Merry Christmas. Right? Sorry. I get excited, man. I'm sorry. I love, I love being in, in God's Word because, man, this is what I've been going through all week. I'm like, now let me give it to somebody else. You know, in verse 21, it says, And at the end of the eight, eight days when he, was given, uh, he was when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus. So, again, another prophecy being fulfilled. He's being named, what's his name? Jesus. You know? And the name was uh, given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for the purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem, to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called uh, holy to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Two things that are happening there. They're going according to the law, which is in Leviticus 12. They're doing exactly what, what they're supposed to do. But the other part of it, remember we talked about kingdom economics. What are they going to sacrifice? A pair of turtle doves or two, two young pigeons? That would have been for the poor. They didn't have money. But this is the son of God. He should come in the temple just trumpets blazing, right? That kingdom, kingdom economics. We can continue on in verse 25. It says, now there was a, a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And, and this man was righteous and devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And yet, and, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord, the Lord's Christ. And so we don't know how old Simeon was. We don't know if every day he just was 
running to the temple to see, am I, is this the day that I'm going to see the Lord? He knew that the Holy Spirit told him, you're not going home to be with the Lord until you see Christ. And let me tell you something. There are some of y'all that have family members that you need to be praying that for. That they're not taken home before they see Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus to do, uh, do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word for my eyes have seen your salvation. That's a beautiful verse. For my eyes have seen your salvation. And it goes on, it says that, uh, that you have prepared in the presence for all, of all people, all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. So we see even here and even in the Old Testament that the, the, the gospel was supposed to go out to everybody. To everybody. And for the glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them. And said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed. And this is when it gets hard for Mary as a mom. My grandmother's lost, uh, my grandmother lost two sons. Um, one as a baby. And then another when he was 30. Um, had a massive heart attack, my Uncle Louie. Um, and my, my grandmother said the hardest thing she ever did was bury a child. In her life, and and she was. I remember when she, she told me that she was in her sixties, late sixties. And um, Mary's fixing to get some news here about the cross. All the way from the beginning of the birth of Jesus. And and it says here, it says, uh, "Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword." We're pierced through your own soul also. So that thoughts for many hearts may be revealed. So Mary, we, you can look at it when you get time later in, in John chapter 19, verse 25. We know that Mary is present when her son is being crucified. Even at the point when, when Jesus says, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? When he takes the sin... upon him and is separated from the Lord for us. See, that verse with Simeon makes a lot more sense, right? Especially if you've given your heart to Christ. You, you remember what you were and that Jesus saved you. We know that in Philippians, when we see him go from the cradle to the cross in Philippians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. In Hebrews chapter, two, or chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who... For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
this was always meant to be. Remember we talked about it in John chapter 1 in the beginning. By the time Adam and Eve, you get to chapter 3 and, and Adam, uh, the story of Adam and Eve, they fall. And we know that Jesus is uh, in, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that he's promised to come. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. See, the, the, the enemy has been trying to kill, had tried to kill the Savior from the beginning. You can go all the way back and look at the Old Testament when Saul gets really possessed by an evil spirit. What does he do? He tries to pin David to the wall with a spear. He tried to kill him. But then Saul, being the great father-in-law that he was, says, hey, I'm going to get you to marry my daughter. Not because David was a good, godly man, a man after God's own heart, because he was going to use his daughter as a snare to trap David and kill David. And we don't share part of the Christmas story that, that normally is not shared, and that's with King Herod. The enemy uses King Herod, calling himself the king of Jews, right? And he kills all the firstborn children that were two years and younger. That's the enemy. And it's part of the Christmas story we don't share, but we should share because at the end of the day, it's like we, we have to understand that when we look at this world, it's fallen, it's broken. People ask that question all the time. Why, why is God allowing this to happen? Or why is God allowing that to happen? The moment that sin entered this world, the moment that sin entered this world, that's when death entered this world. That's when illness entered this world. That's when sexual abuse entered this world. That's when physical abuse entered this world because of sin. That's when sin entered this world. That's why it doesn't matter. The, 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 you can sit and talk about the environment all to you blue in the face. It's coming to an end because Christ is returning. It's a dying world. And we're supposed to try to take as many people with us as we can by sharing the good news to them, by being the salt and the light. We see the glory of the last part here, and we'll finish up. And the glory of the Savior, full of grace and truth. And it, it says in verse 14, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son for, from the Father, full of grace and truth. And, and one of the things I remember, Keith is here, and I just remember Keith, and our, when, we were, when I first started attending men's group, Keith was teaching. And, and Keith had told us about how far you could see a light in the darkness. You remember that? I think it was like 29 miles or something like that. It's some weird number, or 14 miles, something. It was wrong. I was like, there's no way. But if you've been in the desert in the dark, you start seeing those lights blinking, you know? But a lot of us were in the dark, and we needed that, that light to shine and, and Christ to come into our lives. And, and always, whenever I read this verse, I always think of, uh, of Jesus on the, the Mount of Transfiguration. 
in uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 2, it says, And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his, and his clothes became white as light. And so we see Moses, Moses actually, when he's receiving the laws in Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai, his face began to shine. But what happens? It fades over time. But when we look at Jesus, on the other hand, his, his, uh, it's, it's a reflected glory. It's, it's a radiant glory. It's the light of the world. And, it, and, it, and as he was in this world, he, he is the light. But he also, because when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit resides in you, and you're supposed to be the salt and the light to glorify God. Right? In John chapter 8, verse 12, it says again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so we need to understand, even as we look at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Long ago at many times and many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in the last days he has spoken uh, to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And see, we, we, we look at the glory of God, and, and one of the things that, uh, that I, I really pray that, that, that y'all look at is even as he says, in the last days, uh, he has spoken to us by his son. Are we in the last days? Yeah, we are. I was listening to uh, hischannel.com, and I think it was either Jack Hibbs or, uh, or on Mike McIntosh and them show, and they were talking about if you looked at the prophecies and the way things are lining up right now, uh, if, you were to, if you were to explain it, it would be as, as if Jesus has turned the doorknob and the door is fixing to open, especially with everything happening in Syria and all the... The, all the people that are supposed to be there for the Ezekiel War are already there. And things are lighting up. And, and, and we're in the end of days. And, and time, is, time is running out. And we need to understand that when we look to Jesus, he's the exact representation of God's nature. Because he's God himself. And so whatever Jesus does, he does with grace. Whatever he says, he says in truth. And if you want to understand what God is like, look to Jesus. If you want to understand what Jesus is like, look to God. Right? Full of grace and truth. And we know that Pilate went through that in John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king, Jesus answered. You say that I am a king for this purpose I was born. And for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone... Who is of the truth listens to my voice? And then Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I, I found no guilt in him. We have his truth and we have his grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, for, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God and not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And we finish up in Philippians 2, verses 9 and 11. We see those verses there as it, as it, verses 5 through 11 close out. It says, therefore, God has highly exalted him 
and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so that glory, just like we were talking about, you know, how far you can see in the darkness, that glory is going to shine through. You just need to look for Christ. Maybe you're in that place today where you're struggling and you're trying to figure out, I don't know what's next. This year has been so crazy. You just need to look to the light. Look to Christ. And we have one of the best verses in the Bible. If you need to share the gospel with somebody, this is probably the most simplistic one to do. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, and it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Simple, right? Why did Jesus come? To save us from our sins. I can look at my life in 2008, and, and, and it's summed up actually in, in, Ephesus, in the book of Ephesus in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. My life in 2008, it, it basically reads just like this. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that has now at work in the sons of disobedient, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of, our, of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. See, that was my life. I was sitting in this church broken. I was a child of wrath. My flesh was dictated by what my body and my mind wanted. And, and I, I think, you know, at the end of the day that, that uh, you know, it wasn't until January 11th of 2009 that I gave my life to Christ. But we have to understand when we look at that verse in Philippians that says that Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, we have the glory of his grace and truth that's revealed to us. And we all have an eternal address. When I sat in this church in 2008, my eternal address was hell. I had not cho chosen to follow Christ. I walked out of this church and back to my normal schedule. And it wasn't until January 11th of 2009 that I gave my life to Jesus. Now, if something would have happened between that, that time before Christmas and after, I would have been in hell because I had chose not to follow Christ. Even though I had that knocking on my heart. Even though I could feel the Holy Spirit like, go. And I, my pride was like, I ain't going. I'm a child of wrath, bro. You know? And, and a marriage, and, and I look at our life, and I look at verse 4, and, and it really, this is, this is what I love about Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verse 4. Put that up. You got Ephesians 2, 4. And it says, but God. But God. See, what I saw is broken, but God. What I saw as a marriage that couldn't be fixed, but God fixed it. 
What I saw is five kids that didn't know Jesus Christ, but God saved each one of them. And two of them were suicidal. See, I thought the presents would, oh, that new phone, that'll fix it. They were good for a couple days, and then they were having panic attacks again. You know, that's, that, you know, if that's where you're at in 2019, but God. But God can come into your life, and his presence will change your life. He wants to make you a new creation in Christ. It says, but God being rich in his mercy because of the great love with he, which he loved us. He loves you, even in your broken state. He loves you. No matter what you're going through right now, he loves you. He wants that relationship with you. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, grace and truth. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. And so we see in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God's eternal life is, is Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a free gift. There's nothing you can do to earn it. I used to think, man, my, my good will outweigh my bad. In 2008, that's where I was at. But you know, you get to a point where you're so bad that you think it's a, it's a lost cause. But God. And we've been married 34 years now. But God. You know, it's like y'all need to, whatever's going on in your 2019, glorify him. Praise him. Tell people what you've heard and seen today. Right? Because you can bring good news and great joy for all people. Because somebody, I can tell you right now, everywhere I go, people are stressed out. And they will have peace for one day, the 25th. And by the 26th, chaos is. And I can tell you I have grandkids. And I'll tell you by the 26th or 27th, I'll have more toys in that toy box. Right? So we need to put our, our, our focus not on the presence, but as his presence. Um, and, and that's your application. Your application is share the good news of great joy to all people. And, and glorify and praise God for the things that you've heard and seen. You spend time in God's word. You know, if you go, you know what? I, I limped into 2019. The one-year Bible, I died back in June. It's okay, but God can help you in 2020. Start reading. Have, have, make, a make a choice today. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open God's word and start reading God's word today. Make that choice. It'll change your life. Joe gave you all a nugget, and I'm not sure how many of you all caught. 
um, he told you one of the things he does is he reads the one-year Bible, and then he applies one truth to his life every day. So what's your one truth for today? That's between you and God. Share the good news. I can do that. Hey, why did Jesus come? Matthew chapter 1, verses 21. He came to save people from their sins. You just answer the question. Don't be afraid to, to share Christ. Because people, you know, at the end of the day, they don't need any more presence. They need the presence of Jesus in their life. And so, Joel, y'all go ahead and come on up. Um, I'm sorry. And we'll pray. We'll close out in prayer. Um, you know, it's really a, a blessing to be able to teach on Christmas and, and just to think, you know, what God can do in somebody's life if you're if you want to be obedient, be humble, be a servant. God can change your life. I mean, he can change your life. I, I never in my lifetime thought I would ever be doing something like this. I never taught in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, sadly educated in, in Alabama. I went to high school there, which, you know, the schools are not that great, but, but you know, on January 11, 2009, I, I made a choice to follow Jesus. And it changed not only my life, it changed our marriage. It, it changed the direction of our family. And now we have our first generation of grandkids coming to know Jesus Christ. It can change everything. And so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and close your eyes. And, and don't be worried about the person in front of you or the person behind you because they can't save you. Okay? I'm not sure where you're at in 2019. Maybe you drifted away from the Lord and you need to kind of recommit. Or, or maybe you've, you know, there are a lot of new faces that we've seen today, and, and I'm not sure if you know Jesus. And so I want to give you that opportunity. The greatest gift that you'll ever receive is Christ. It's the greatest gift you'll ever receive. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. If there's anyone here who wants to receive Christ, just raise your hand, and we'll say a prayer for you, or you can say a prayer with us. If, if, like I said, if you, if you kind of drifted away, that's okay too. Is there anybody there is? Praise God. Anybody else? Because usually when there's one, there's two. Anybody else? You want to come up and we'll pray with you? Teresa, can you come up with her? Miss Sheila, can you come up with her? And we'll pray. Praise God. Is there anybody else? Because normally when there's one, there may be two. That knocking that you feel on your heart, that's God. Because I felt that. Don't walk out of here without knowing Christ.
It's the greatest gift that you'll ever receive in your life. All right, let's pray. Just repeat after me. Father God, I come before you. I am a sinner. I believe that you are the Savior. That you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I ask you to help me walk with you. Guide my steps. Make me a new creation in Christ. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. God bless. Praise God. If anybody else needs prayer, we'll be up here after. You know, at the end of the day, that song that they're going to sing, Oh, Holy Night, fall to your knees. Don't make Christmas about one time a year. Okay? Christmas needs to be every day of your life. You need Christ in your life every day. Keep Christ as a Christian in your life every day. Pastor Joe will be teaching on Tuesday. We hope y'all make it out for Tuesday night. God bless y'all.